The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately the one who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then one who had received the two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew that you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here, it is back. His master said to him in reply, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter? Should you not then have put my money in the bank so that I could have got it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So way back in the day, like my high school glory days, that is, I fancied myself to be an old school rapper. I love rap music. And one of the reasons why I love rap music is I wasn't a big fan of music in the 80s, like the band R.E.M. Anybody here an R.E.M. fan? A few of you? Okay, all right, fine. See, they annoyed me. They annoyed me because the lead singer has this slightly like noisy, uh, nasally and and drippy kind of voice. But anyway, I I got to thinking recently about this song uh, that they once sang, again, back in the day. So we're going to go back to 1987 and this song called The End of the World as We Know It. Maybe Maybe you know this song. In fact, if you know it, you can sing it along with me. It goes like this. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. I noticed some of you going, oh, please make him stop. (laughs) Amen. You know, at first service, I I got an ovation. It wasn't a standing ovation, but they at least clapped for me. Thank you, a few of you. See, now you can see why I did not like R.A.M. very much. But anyway, so anyway, this song like kind of came to mind recently, and, and so I look it up, and 
you know, the rest of it, I'm like, well, what are the rest of that song was about? It's just this sort of really random, uh, stressed out uh, litany of lyrics. It just kind of rambles on and on and on. But as I was looking it up, I, I, re- I found this interesting article about it, that going all the way back to March, uh, this song all of a sudden once again skyrocketed on the charts. And I got some stats up there on the screen for you. So the week that ended in March 12th, it uh, went up by 184% in downloads. In online streaming, it went up 48%. On March 15th, it was four, number 41 on the iTunes top song list. Now, this is a song that's 33 years old. But go figure, right? Remember what was going on back in March? <laughs> As coronavirus was breaking out? And then we think about even what's happening now, even in our, as coronavirus is like going through the roof again, right? Our hospitals are full. There's new restrictions that are being issued for us today in the state of Indiana. And then there's more than that, right? I mean, last week we had the election, which certainly did not unify us as a nation. Not that we expected it really to do that. And then I can tell you here in our own Trinity family, uh, it just seems like lately we are just getting pummeled. I mean, people that I know and love and you know and love are just left and right, this one thing after another that, that is happening. And so what ends up happening is it feels like the end of the world as we know it. See, when things are going well in life, we think that's what normal is, right? But it never works out that way. Life eventually takes a nosedive, and so we think, well, then that's the end of the world as we knew it. That's, this is no longer normal. The thing is that, no, that actually is the world as we know it. It is a world that is filled with disease and with death, with terror and tears, with stress and strife. But here's the good news. Here's the great news, right? The end of the world as we know it happened a long time ago. You see, by his death, Jesus judged this world, and he put it to death so that when he rose again on Easter, he gave us a new life and a new world, a new reality, and he calls it his kingdom. So now there really are sort of like two realities happening. There's, it's like parallel universes. The one is the world as we know it. And things go along pretty well, and we think, wow, that's not so bad. And we try to hang on to it and cling to it and say, let's, let, hopefully it can just stay like this, right? But it doesn't. It crashes on us and leaves us stressed out and despairing and discouraged. But thanks be to Jesus, see, there's this other reality also. It's called his kingdom. And we live in that reality too. So as Christians, we live in this world as we know it, but we're also living in this, king, in this kingdom of his, this parallel universes that are going on. Here's the thing. you got to make up your mind which one you're going to live by. right? Because, see, the reality and the values of his kingdom are vastly different than the values and the reality of the world as we know it. I think you know that. But see, that's what Jesus is getting at in his parable today about the talents. Obviously, he's the man who went on a journey, right? When he ascended and went back to heaven, he's been gone a long time, but he is going to return. So in this in-between time where we live now, he's given us a lot, a lot. And he compares it to talents. In his day, a talent is, was a measurement or a unit of money that was a ton of money. It would be equivalent to something like 20 years' worth of wages. So half your career's earnings in one talent 
He's given us, he's given us a lot. Okay, so translate the parable. What does that mean for us? What are these, these talents? Well, first of all, you know what? It is your money. It is your money. But of course, it's not your money. It's his money. You know, you might say, well, wait, wait a minute. I, I earned the paycheck. Yeah, but who gave you everything that you have, everything you are, everything you can do in order to earn that paycheck? <laughs> Which means it's also your actual talents, in fact, this is where we get the word from. It's from this parable, right? Your, your skills and your gifts and your abilities that God created in you. In fact, it's your whole life. So the parable begs a question, which reality are you going to live in? How are you going to use your life? How are you going to spend everything that God has given to you? Not just your money, but your talents, your abilities, your everything. Is it going to be in his kingdom or in the world as we know it? In the world as we know it, we're taught to be go-getters, right? We all want to be go-getters. Be a go-getter. We teach our kids, be a go-getter. Go get what you want in this world. Here's the thing. If the world is filled with a bunch of go-getters, everybody's out after whatever they want, then guess what? The world's full of a bunch of takers. And then what we do is we impose that view of what this world is about on God. That's why the parable ends so tragically, so harshly. The guy who's given one talent sees his master as a taker. He sees him as a taker because he says, you know what? You harvest where you didn't sow seed. You're just a taker. You're harsh and you're demanding and I'm scared of you. And if that's your view on life, then you'd that's what you're going to do, right? You're going to, you're going to take whatever you have been given and, and, and cling to it and bury it and hide it and actually in the end do nothing with it. And that's what happened in the very end. How he saw the master is exactly what the master did. The master took it away from him. Is that how we see God? As a taker? No, of course not. God is a giver, right? He gave all of the talents, all of his property over to the servants in this parable. He gave it to them. And the first two recognize this. When they come back, they say, Master, you gave me five talents. You gave me two talents. And what do they do? They go out and they become go-givers. They risk it and they invest it. They give it away. And then they come back with even more. And they give it back to the master. Five more, two more. Did you notice what the master did? He let them keep it. And told them he was going to give them even more. See, that's living up here in this realm, in the kingdom. Where we're not trying to be a bunch of go-getters. We're trying to learn how to be a bunch of go-givers. Because he's the giver. And he keeps on giving. You can never outgive the giver. All we have to do, friends, is look at this cross. Look at Jesus. This is what he's doing. He's giving himself for us. What is he going to do in the Eucharist in a moment? This is my body given for you. Gift, gift, and more gift. The parable ends harshly. I understand that. And so at times we walk away and go, ooh, wow. You know, Jesus is trying to extract something from me, right? He, he sounds a lot like a kind of a taker at the end, right? You know, like he's saying to us, you know, you better do something with what I gave you while I'm gone. 
course not. No, when we listen closely to the parable, we end up hearing Jesus is a giver. In fact, what he wants to do, what he always wants to do is set us free. Do you realize that Jesus has faith in you? That's why he gave you what he did. He believes you can do great things with it. That's why he entrusted it to you. And he hasn't given you any more than what you can manage. Each was given according to their ability. One got five, one got two, one got one. Now, you can either, you know, get bitter about that and make comparisons. Why did she get more than I did? Or it can set your heart free. It can be a total relief. You know, God gave me this, and he wants me to do this with it. Thank God he didn't give me that. Like, I don't have to solve coronavirus. (laughs) What he wants me to do is be faithful here with this. He doesn't give the same thing to any of us, but he also doesn't expect the same thing. A lousy parent makes comparisons and expects their kids to all be the same way. Why can't you be like your brother? Why can't you be like your sister? And some of us know what that's like. We've maybe labored under that. But a great parent... A great parent rejoices in each child, and in that child's successes and achievements, no matter how great or how small. I mean, I can tell you right now, I I love that my daughter, Abby, not to embarrass her, but she's 20 years old, and soon she's going to fly because she's about a year and a half away from graduating from college. I love it. And then my daughter, Katie, sitting next to her is 11 years old. And you're, honey, you're learning how to literally fly as a cheerleader. Isn't that what they call it when they put you up way up high? Right? I love it. And your brothers? Eh. <laughs> Why can't you be like your sisters? You know what I mean. I, I'm so proud of each and every one of them because I love each and every one of them. So here's my point. If that's my heart for each one of my children and my son who's off at college then think of your father's heart for you. He has faith in you. (laughs) In fact, he says, here's what I'm giving to you. Now go have fun with it. See, it is fun. It's filled with joy when we learn to become go-givers, when we're living in his kingdom, when it's for the love of our God and we just simply love working for him. We've got nothing to lose, friends. The only way you lose is when you become a taker, and then it will be taken away from you. And if that's what you want to do, you want to live in the world as we know it, fine, be a go-getter. Go go get what you want in life. Spend it all on yourself. Spend your money, spend your talents, your abilities, your life. Spend it all on you. Make it all about you. Be a taker. Let me know how that goes. Or you can live in his kingdom. And you can be a go-giver. And you can spend your life and your talents and skills and abilities and your money and you can give it away and see how that goes for you. You know what Jesus says? He says, I'm going to give you even more. How's he going to do that? Here's the thing. When we live up here in the kingdom, in this realm, we get to crash the death and despair party of this world as we know it. Not to destroy it, but to redeem it and to bring 
hope. Everything that he gives to us, we get to spend it to make impact in people's lives. We get to make friends for God and and bring them to him so that at the end we say, look, Lord, you gave me this. You gave me this talent, this ability. You gave me this money, blah, blah, blah. You gave me all of this. Look, Lord, I brought more. I brought more people. And then he says, oh, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. That's how he'll give you more. I mean, what more do you want out of your life than to make eternal friends? What more do you want in your life than to enter into the joy of your master, to do it all for his joy? And here's the thing. If you're living in here, in, up here in his kingdom, if you're living in this realm, if you're a go-giver, you get to enter into that joy right now. Right now you live in the joy of your master. So the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, you know, I kind of do like that R.E.M. song. It's sort of like they're a bunch of prophets, if you think about it. Let's do it again one more time. You can sing it with me this time if you want to. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. I feel great. We all feel great. Because we're living in the joy of the Master. Master. 